podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Look at this draft. Every time I do it makes me laugh. Hello everybody. My name is Scott McLeod, one of your hosts here on Saturday Draft Live. We're going to do another edition of our Fantasy Draft Breakdown. Uh, I may not be in the highest position on the draft as I was, say, a few weeks ago. I may be slowly going down the table. But, you know, I may not be winning the draft season and therefore the ESSR Championship this season. No, I do know about and spoilers and three, two, one. I do know how to hold on to a quiz showdown championship, and that's what I did most recently on Quiz Showdown 15 Clash of the Titans. You'll check it out now and see how I did that. And it just so happens I have to be joined by a man who put in a great effort against me on that quiz showdown, but since he did not win, I think it's only fitting that I refer to him as a loser. A loser, sir. As Venom said to Eddie Brock, "Hello, David Hockney. Yeah, right, Scott. But you know what? If you're use, if you're resorting to Nickelback to do intros now, who's the real loser among us here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't jump on the Nickelback eating bandwagon. Hey, right. there's there's so many more you could there's so many more you could have chosen, and you had to go for that one. No, but don't don't bring your music snobbery here on Saturday Night David. It's not becoming of you. Talking about people who might win the season. That's who we're joined by." on Saturday Draft Live today. Yes, uh, important things. If you nerds could stop your pissing contest. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't finished with your intro, but since he's already came in, uh, just might I mention that I've also now beaten his record in Quiz Showdown wins, but that's clearly not important. Uh, Ross, you finally chose to grace us with your presence. I was trying to get you on for a few weeks now. I know, but listen, listen, I have had a good few weeks at the top of the table and the one week I come on, I am now joint top of the table. So what that tells me is that your show is a bloody jinx and I'll be leaving this call as soon as I've entered it, thank you kindly. (laughs) No, I mean, I was going to join two weeks ago and then my bed called to me and said... No, it's David Campbell. You'll not get a fair shake. And I thought, you know what? I'll come on when either Jack, David or Scott are on because I'll get a fair shake. Whereas with David Campbell, it's just propaganda and shouting. And, you know, he's he's here so often that he shouts some things that he eventually believes. But he is my rival for this season. I have never once in the chat or on shows belittled his chances as a competitor he's a very good competitor, he's a very good draft competitor, I mean if you can drag Ryan into Sher Gallagher to a win, you can pretty much do anything <laughs> I mean I'm just reminded of his, his big mouthery where I walked into SummerSlam last year had no clue, you know I, I was finishing bottom half of the table, I'm like I've, I've no clue who I've got tonight and I really don't care, and he was yelling at me about the battle for 7th place the battle for 7th place and then I beat him for the Battle of Seventh Place that he 
then pretended he didn't give a shit about. So <laughs> I'm hoping that history repeats itself this time for the battle for first place. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it without bashing his abilities as a competitor. As a human being, he's subhuman scum, and I will get into that later on. <laughs> yeah, he's mildly curtainous. Uh, but, you know, Dave, I think you were asking a few important questions to Ryan the other week about Davis, Perry, oh, it's something he doesn't like, so it's bias. You know, I think it was important. We should have raised more of a point about how Ryan Fair is on his own compared to when he's with David Campbell. But, you know, none of Ross's picks or David Campbell's picks are in the top three this week, despite uh, them both being at the top of the table. But, David, one of your picks is in the top three at number nine, the human drama queen herself, uh, Charlotte Flair, on nine points, you know, a lot of interest on her with all the controversy surrounding the whole title segment uh-huh. last week and the win over Shotzi Blackheart. She's on a solid nine points this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, she might be a drama queen, but she's getting me points and that's all that matters. And she's also my captain too. So I'm expecting her to score big points all round. She's currently sitting second in the top 10 of the season with 80 points overall. Uh, but yeah, you know, she's been a consistent get-go for my team, you know, back backed up, you know, by a couple of fresh new faces on SmackDown and Raw. So it's a, yeah, I think overall, I think I'm doing doing pretty good so far. Yeah, although that is, she's almost like, there's still a 50-point gap nearly between her and Big E for two and first of the season overall. But yeah, she is in the top 10 either way. Uh, Ross, I'll come to you because I don't really know what your opinion is on this. Uh, one of uh, Grammy Robbie's picks, a pick that's keeping him uh in the top five overall in the season and has for quite a few weeks now. CM Punk performing quite regularly, mainly on, on Rampage. He was featured on Rampage last night uh, for an interview. He's set to have a match at Full Gear, which he'll probably win. Uh, what do you think of CM Punk uh, being drafted by Grant so highly as it did? And uh, do you think he'll remain to be a first-round, second-round pick? I think um, two, two very separate issues um cm punk as a competitor coming back is getting very much um the rock 2011 vibes where it was like it was fun when it was every couple of weeks when it started to get every week it was about oh right i this is the same shit over and over again this is this is i'm back and that's the story and that's it um cm punk is a competitor at as soon as he started wrestling regularly, I think we all knew it was a smart pick because CM Punk's not going to lose his first match on an episode of Rampage to, you know, guys that were competing on Dark three weeks ago. CM Punk is going to be on multiple segments because they want to, much like The Rock, they want to get him on TV as much as possible to say, look who we've got, you know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, he's pretty much a bulletproof pick. Once he started wrestling, I think our only thing was we thought he was going to be like a a part time deal where he would maybe wrestle it was it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. wrestle it all out and then disappear. Maybe not wrestle it full gear, but then come back for uh, is it Revolution in February? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe come back, but no, he's been wrestling every week. So once about two weeks in, he has you know, proving that, all right, cool, because sometimes there's these people that take a while to warm up, like, you know, Apollo Crews, which put David in his place the year uh, Stephen won it. <laughs> um, 
But then there was people like people like Punk two weeks in, shown to be a great pick, you know, and he is like I said, he is pretty much bulletproof at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really seems that way. And uh, our number one overall this week with twelve points. Uh, he's on Daniel Campbell's team. Daniel's not had the best season. He's in the lower half of the table. Uh, he's, he may be pretty fly for a Paul Heyman guy, but this week his guy is Seth Rollins, who's on 12 points, 42 points overall. By far and away his best uh, performing player here, uh, Dave. And I don't think we've actually seen Seth Rollins really in the top three at all, really, this season. You get me if I'm wrong there, but, mm. you know. He's had a consistent season appearance-wise, you know, with this feud with Edge. He's been trading one year, but then with that big win on Raw, you know, put him in the path of uh, Big E for the WWE Championship. I don't think they'll get that title shot uh, before the end of this season, but what do you think of, you know, Rollins now being in the title picture and, you know, being the top three as part of Daniel's team? Uh, Seth Rollins is a bit of a, a mixed season. You know, he's, he's consistently scoring points week in, week out because he's a good storyline person. But he just he just seemed to be lacking that big win to really get him into the top three and to get him big points. And the loss at Crown Jewel to Edge and Helena Cell didn't help his cause. But he did bounce back in a brilliant way now, becoming you know the the number one contender to Big E. So this is this could be an opportunity for him to sort of get a bit more screen time, maybe a couple of extra wins under his belt, and it would do Daniel's team you know a world of good because there's not a lot separating him. Uh, from a couple other competitors in the table. So even just one big win mm-hmm. could start to push him up the table a little bit. Yeah, and it's weird because he was, for a time, like one of our like, most consistently high-scoring competitors in the early seasons of the, the draft. Uh, but, you know, I don't think this is really his season, and uh, I don't know where he'll go next season. But where we're going right now is to the top 15, the top 15 of the season, who's ranked where. Uh, number 15... JP right down at the bottom with uh, 77 points. Is there go big or go home? Well, sorry, go hard or go home. It doesn't matter. He's going home anyway. <laughs> uh, and 82 points is Jack Graham with the two hit wonders. Not enough of a hit if he's all the way down there. Gary Cairdin, you hate to see it, you know, on 89 points. It's ahead of him with Team versus Solo down. You know, he's referred to as one of the best players not to win the draft by David Campbell, and he's not proven that this season. Just cracking triple digits on 100 points is the aforementioned pretty fly for a Paul Heyman guy. A lot of that helped by the performance of Seth Rollins. And just ahead of him, the Brian Gallagher, who we mentioned recently, 102.5 points with Northmen, Southmen, Conrad's all. The Nicky Barden Bell is uh, 104 points. He's not taking that you know, participation award just yet. She's ahead of that. There's a few points ahead of last place, but you know she's definitely not winning. Uh, then it gets a little bit interesting here with uh, myself, Isaac Dratov and said a team historic uh, both on 120 points and then both with 121 points Harry Mr. Stephen, Ryan Douglas and the MVPs by Al, Al McLucas so uh, you know anything could happen with those four uh, in the next week or so with a good week you know, I've got John Moxley in the Eliminator tournament and everything like that so you know, that could really change. And then we get into the top five. Grant McRobbie, again, I said, being kept in the top five in the top end of the season with uh, 134 points thanks to CM Punk in a big way. Uh, then a bit of a jump by 10 points to David Talkney with the West End Country Wankers, uh, 144 points. And then a bit of another jump with 161.5 points, the average Samoa Joes uh, by Stephen Wilson. Like, 
he might try to fill you in that SWN interview, but he's not an average draw. He's, he's keeping all the company money for himself. Don't let him fool you. And then another jump, both tied on exactly 189 points. Glamorous indie rock and roll, that's Ross's team. And Team Goat with Derek Campbell. You've been, he's just been a bit behind you, Ross, the whole season. Now you're exactly tied here. So we've only got a few weeks left. Survivor Series and Full Gear are very close. Full Gear is actually next week. Uh, I don't think that, know if that'll make a much of an impact with your, both of your teams, but I think the big thing will be going into Survivor Series. So what do you think needs to happen going into Survivor Series for you to retake the lead over David Campbell? Um, well, <laughs> I'm just thinking, Scott, about uh, the year David Campbell was relegated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for all his wins and however poor he says I am, I've never been relegated. Um, and I remember you and I watched Survivor Series in my house. I believe, <laughs> yeah. was it Seth Rollins that uh, David Campbell had? Uh-huh. And I had Seamus. And you had Seamus, and you needed a raw win. And Seth Rollins, as he was about to be written off TV, sacrificed himself for the greater good of this draft. The greater David good. David Campbell relegated. Shut it. Um, <laughs> and, and Scott's reaction was hilarious. He just jumped up and went, yes, I'm not getting relegated. Uh, I've never lost Seamus more in my life. He was like, he was one of the points for most of the season I was regretting picking because he wasn't getting enough wins. And then he got the most important one of them all. So I will need a big Survivor Series. I, I will need that. I know he is the Usos. Um, you know, they lost last night to the, the New Day. I, I think they'll trade wins going back and forward. They will be in multiple segments with Roman Reigns going forward. Um, whereas Jurassic Express, for me, they've I, I wanted Adam Cole in the draft. Uh, Alan got in literally the pick before me. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, damn it. Um, and ironically, Jurassic Express had been the victims of Adam Cole's sort of ascension. You know, he, he's fought Jungle Boy, he's fought Jurassic Express in multiple like, big tag matches, and they've won every time. So I'm going to need Jungle Boy to show up, sorry, Jurassic Express to show up to full gear and get a win for a start. Um, here's Drew McIntyre. Drew's doing this all challenge thing at the minute. I hope that doesn't last long. That could be some very easy points. I don't think Drew is leading whatever team he's on to victory. I think he'll get screwed over by a jealous superstar. Sort of like um, now how Corbin and uh, uh, oh god, I hope it isn't Corbin. Uh, now Corbin and <laughs> uh, Roman substituted on Team Smackdown in 2019. That's sort of how I see it going, but I see Drew getting eliminated again. I think they're they're very careful with Drew not to make him the next Roman by winning like everything. We saw that with like money in the bank and all that. Um with gender screwing him out the title. Um Natalia is a big one for him. Um and I believe is Sonia Deville his other women's pick? Yes, yes, yeah. So so Sonia Deville will get the points that Natalia will lose. That's the thing. Natalia has had two points this year and it's from showing up at a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, 
but it says it all as a pick. Natalia is one of those names. And look, David's not the only one to do it. We've all done it. Uh, where we have panicked, we need a woman pick, and we've picked Natalia thinking, oh, she's a, an established veteran in the division, only to realise that, no, she might appear 80 times a year, but she loses in 60 of those. So she ends up with negative points. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to need Indy Hartwell to start doing some stuff on NXT. She sort of cost, I think she cost me points. I've actually asked Stephen for a week break, a weekly breakdown of my points because I actually think I should be a point ahead, but I think I think is it negative points if you if your pick loses a title match? It's yeah. yes. Yeah. I can never remember the name of our partner, but yeah, she was on the losing end of that triple threat for the yeah. women's tag belts in NXT on Halloween Havoc. Yeah, so that cost me some but I'm gonna to need her to start. Her see if her and her partner just wanna do what sort of Katie Catanzaro and uh, Caden Carter did for a while, which was win just tag matches that no one gave a SHIT about on NXT. That'll be fan Davy Dozy with me. Try to think who who's my other woman's pick? You've got Tony yeah. Storm. Tony Storm oh, yeah. Tony Storm I picked thinking she was going to win King uh, Queen of the Queen's Crown Tournament, Queen of the Ring as I called it at the time. And it was an absolute bust. She has been underutilized. I've got a feeling with uh, Tegan Knox showing up on uh, SmackDown last night in a losing effort to uh, was it Sasha or Charlotte? Oh, you mean Shotzi? Shotzi, sorry. Shotzi. I think the next one to show up will be looking for an opportunity, in quotation marks, will be Tony Storm, and that'll be more lost points. So my women's picks really, um, really are a bit of a bust. I need Indy to start doing more than just get married. I need Carmelo to defend his title against Johnny Gargano. I need Big Big E has been a juggernaut for me this season. Big E has dragged me up this table with my team on its back. Um, I need Big E to win, hopefully in a title match before Survivor Series. However, I am aware of the the WWE title curse in the lead up to Survivor Series. It's changed hands three out of the past four years. So, um, a bit wary, um, to say the least there. But I need him to win, yeah. and then I need him to get a win in the champion versus champion match. A DQ win will do me. He does not need to beat Roman cleanly yet, because, and I'll mm. talk about it in Central this week, get a wee bit of fancy booking to talk about regarding Big E, and I just need the Jurassic Express to start showing up. Yeah, I think, like I said, he's got Orange Cassidy, that's his sole AEW representative on his team. I don't think either him or Dresdvet will have anything meaningful on full gear. If the card that you know, was leaked is anything to go by and that's actually starting to take shape when you actually see what's being set up for full gear. So I don't think that will be which uh, I think the results to be on the Savarius Juice card other than Big E or Dominic or Tony on the respective you know, 5 on 5 matches and given their current scores, I, don't, I wouldn't try and hang too much faith on those people. Oh, Do- Dominic this week. I, I was about to say, could you not show up with your dad? And then he showed up backstage and I thought, oh, nice reappearance point there. Lovely, lovely. And then the useless tit goes and loses to, to Austin Theory. So thanks for that, Dominic. Yeah, useless big tit. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Usos, I mean, the Usos are now reuniting their feud with the New Day. There's always a chat answer that They'll do a switch like, oh, swerve, now the New Day have got the belts. Now they're going to Survivor Series. 
uh, it could happen. But yeah, these those are a big thing for him. Sonia Deville always getting the appearance points. He was on SmackDown again this week. I think part of the reason he's ahead, you, he's now on the same as you, is because also last night was a big night for him. Smack, most, the majority of his team now are on SmackDown after the draft. Uh, so yeah. they'll be at Survivor Series. They love pulling her out for a for a kickoff panel. And yeah, Drew probably positioned highly in the final five. He also got Rick Boogs, who if Nakamura's in a champion free champ match as IC champ, he'll then be there probably be appearance point to accompany him to the right. He lost last night, that's the only thing. He was in the the trick or treat street fight, and I've got a feeling that um Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo are going to start being a bit of a thorn in the champion side. Mm. Uh, and Rick Boogs does tend to wrestle quite a bit now. So could they be getting cost matches there? That could start to creep up on them. Listen, I need I need Rick Boogs to start losing matches. I need Carmelo to start winning them on my side. <laughs> I need Dusos to have 50-50 booking. And I need Jurassic Express to have just literally any booking, all right? Any booking whatsoever. Like I say, Dave, am I right in saying, though, that Dusos actually lost last night, I think, to the New Day? They did have a... They did, yes. Yeah, which, oh, no, which, they did, yeah. So yeah, so we either did, they'll get a title shot next week, or they'll have like three weeks of championship contender matches before they get it. Yeah, well, hey, yeah, if it's three weeks of championship contender matches and the New Day winning, I am absolutely fine with that. I think ju- just looking at the teams, um, I have my juggernaut. I have Big E. I could you run down his team again for me? Uh, yes, Campbell. So- Team Goat oh, you go is ahead. yeah, sorry. Team Goat is the Usos, Drew McIntyre, Sonya Deville, Orange Cassidy, Rick Boogs, and Natalia. Right, so his juggernaut is Drew, and if Drew starts this actually, old challenge not. thing, it's it's actually, not actually Drew's not even in the top ten this season. Right. Well, if you yeah. let me finish, why I'm going to explain why? Because I'm going to go like for like. His juggernaut will be Drew because if he's going to start doing this open challenge and probably leading SmackDown as the captain, which someone will not like and cost him, hopefully, um, he is going to start racking up more and more appearance points and more and more win points. Uh, Women's-wise, the all the wedding stuff has sort of helped me get a bit closer, but Sonya Deville, you know she appears three or four times every show, that was a great pick by David Campbell. We've both got our bus pick. He's getting to tell me I've got Tony Storm. Um, Orange Cassidy, he needs to start doing stuff. I don't think he's going to start doing stuff as of yet. But whereas Carmelo Hayes does have a North American title shot on, sorry, match on the horizon, hopefully that can take me over there. Like I said, the tag team, I think, is where he's got me. Uh, the tag team of um, the Usos. They appear with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns in the lead-up to Survivor Series is going to start going over to Raw. So probably the Usos will show up there. Whoever has the New Day, the New Day might start showing back up on Raw. There you the are. New Day is undrafted. Are they? Oh, well, yep. there you are. Um, sorry, I'm just... Can we just talk about this absolute dereliction of duty? I've asked Stephen Wilson for a points breakdown of this week. And he's texted me back. I'm not sure. I'm out looking at bathrooms just now. Well, you might be out looking at bathrooms, but the standard of this draft is going down the toilet and I will not stand for it. Now, back to where I was speaking about. The Usos are going to appear multiple times. I need them to start having 50-50 booking or 
more losses than wins and I need Jurassic Express to start, you know, even if it's just on Dynamite against Team Taz or 2.0 or teams that just no one cares about, great. Just get a win so I can go, oh, 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 and climb further up the table away from this cretinous human being, but still great competitor, David Campbell. Yeah. Okay. It's weird because, like, Drew's actually David's uh, third best performing thing right now at the time recordings with Sonia and Usos ahead of him, which is weird. Uh, Dave, have you got any questions about Ross's uh, team that we haven't really discussed already? Uh, no, I think he's covered uh, all the aspects. You know, he's just, I think he's just been a bit unlucky with picks like Dom and uh, Tony Storm. Uh, you know, putting took a bit of a gamble on Tony Storm winning Queen's Crown, unfortunately, didn't pay off. But, you know, that's just the nature of the draft, unfortunately. And I think. Again, also been a bit unlucky with Dom, but, you know, appearance points-wise, it's uh, he's a bit of a backbone just in case, you know, just for propping up those those extra points. But, Scott, we are forgetting one very important aspect of this draft, which we haven't turned our attention what, what, to. Yes, I realised that halfway through talking about us team, and we will get to what some people think is an important aspect of the team, and namely the people involved in it. Especially David Campbell. I'm not done speaking about how wonderful I am. No, no. <laughs> listen, I know I know you were talking about the gamble of Tony Storm there. Um, my, my team was based on three gambles this season. It was based on Biggie cashing in, uh, Carmelo cashing his uh, breakout, I was about to say call your shot, his breakout opportunity, and Tony Storm winning Queen of the Ring. Two out of three have came true. One has led to Big E being an absolute absolute juggernaut. I'm hoping that in the run-up of the next few weeks, Carmelo might have a few North American title defences against Loomis and Gargano. Um, but Tony Storm, that I can, I think I can safely call that a bust pick. Yeah. And it's also weird now to think that we would, uh, as part of the news, not being drafted. That means both the Queen's Crown winner and... King of the Ring winner both went undrafted because nobody picked Selena Vega. Cause Actually, for... Grant's picked her as his last pick. Motherfucker. I'll screw Grant because he's a dirty Judas anyway. Whoa. Uh, Selena, you, you'd win that over me. I gave that boy a platform. Uh, <laughs> but Russ, Big E, I think you said, is a big, uh, ha- it's a big hand on where you are on the table right now. And, you know, I've argued... Like and some people have laughed at it that you are one of the better competitors of the draft not to win the draft yet. You know, yet is the uh, big player, and I don't, I don't, and I know you were kind of like high up in the order pick. You're there to get Big E, uh, when a lot of people kind of slept on him despite being Mister Money in the Bank. But I don't think it's where your your placement of picking is where things have gone right. So even though you have a few buzz picks as, as most of us end up doing every each season, uh, why do you think you're performing? so consistently at the top of the table more so in this season than you have in past seasons? Um, I, I, I don't really know. I think um, I think I've never had a juggernaut like a Big E who, you know, like the year, the, you know, the first season of the transfer window where Stephen Wilson won, the first maybe four or five months of that, not took four or five months, it went for five months. The first two or three months, um, it was myself and Grant McRobbie constantly first and second, Grant first, me second. And um, it was because he had the juggernaut of Drew, whereas I had Braun, who would appear every second week as Universal Champion. 
And, um, you know, it, when someone has that juggernaut who's obviously not going to lose, then it just, it's guaranteed points every week. It's guaranteed captaincy points every week because you know they're going to put the captaincy on them. It is a big, big, it, it, it's a big demoralizer because you're kind of like, oh, for God's sake, like, you know, what do I need here? And you, you need to start running through scenarios of like, you know, the, the unlikely league winner, you know what I mean? Like, oh God, right, right. Well, if he loses there and then has an open challenge and loses three times and then goes in a gauntlet match and gets eliminated twice, but like, you know, it's just stupid stuff like that. It's, so it's good to eventually have a juggernaut in my team. It's a good to have someone who's consistently winning. I say that now, he's going to lose this week on Raw. Um, <laughs> consistently winning, consistent captaincy points, a world title, you know, world title points. And then, you know, like I said, I did have gambles. So I've had another title, title change go my way. I don't think I've ever had more than two champions in my team like halfway through a season. I could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever had two champions in my team halfway through a season. Or, you know, it been like, oh, well, we obviously know when he's going to lose that. Um, So, yeah, I think one being a juggernaut, two being championship points, and three, um, inconsistent 50-50 booking throughout the entire WWE. Uh, has helped me to no end as well, I think. Um, who, who would have thought, you know, if I know, you know, dreams aside and up, up, down, down aside, if you said to somebody who's winning Queen's Crown and King of the Ring, Zelina Vega and Xavier Woods wouldn't have been there. You know, if we said to people you can draft who you think is going to win those tournaments, it wouldn't have been those two. And, you know, that that's caused a big upset. Um so, yeah, I think inconsistent booking uh, for majority of people, whereas consistent booking on um, Carmelo Hayes, for a start, even though it's only every once, every two or three weeks, because NXT is launching back into the old format. So NXT 2.0, it's old, but it's new. Um, and Big E just being an absolute juggernaut, as I said, has helped me to no end. I should have maybe went with Beth Phoenix again. I went with her before and that was, you know, just a week of commentary points every week. So that I think that could have pushed me further up the table. That would be the only that would be the only upset I had. I think I should have because I was thinking about picking her again. I went, no, no, go for it, go for Tony Storm, risk it. And that risk hasn't paid off. But yeah. I'm still still top of the table. I mean you're no stranger to risk. I mean you're one of the people I up help kickstart this whole change and the way people pick non people who aren't wrestling or managers or commentators anyway with your pick of Selena Vega way back in season five so oh yes I am revolutionary <laughs> so Ross if you need to let the dogs out for a piss or anything uh, now is the time because uh, David Hockney is about to piss on all our conflicts with the, the top five in the listeners league <laughs> yeah can't forget about the listeners league so fifth place this week we have I do I do often <laughs> Right, so 
our top scorer this week, Michael, Michael Clotty, scoring 26 points, has pushed him into the top five with Craig's and Ass on 178 points. Now, the only Craig I can see in the listeners' league is Craig Forsyth with Team Mitch Sold Me Avon, and he's all the way down at the bottom there. So De- Craig is most certainly an asset in this instance here. Uh, fourth place on 179 points, just one point ahead. Uh, regular of the listeners' league, Mr. Tom Brock with Team Hamesickness. Those CM Punk captaincy points are what's keeping him afloat, particularly. Um, Young Bucks and Orange Cassidy plus Moxley on AEW. This is going to be a bit of a mixed week for him because Cassidy and Moxley are both facing each other. So maybe we'll probably see a bit more consistency from Tom as long as Punk keeps racking up wins. Third place, Dan Wood, 183 points. Uh, Someone who's quietly sort of made their way up the table. He's third place, even though his team name is aiming for last place. So he's doing the exact opposite of what he set out to do. Uh, Dan's doing... Again, another consistent uh, performer, Becky Lynch being his team captain and the Usos recently scoring big wins is what's keeping him up there. Next, we have Jamie Hartley with Ronnie O struggling, but he's certainly not struggling here. He's sitting on second place with 193 and a half points. Now, Jamie, he's been one of those guys who's been uh, in the top five for the majority of the season. And a lot of that comes down to his team captains, the Usos, with a couple of successful title defenses against the Street Profits. Uh, and a couple other wins over the heart business. So, uh, you know, fair play to him for putting the captaincy on what's been arguably one of the better teams this season. But once again, it is um, Matt Smith, the great Doctor Who, with Team Booty Woes on 226 points, a near 30-point gap between him and Jamie at this stage. Matt has been leading the table from start to finish, and he's still the favourite to win largely down to his captain being Biggie, the highest scorer of the season, uh, and supported with the likes of a consistent team in the Young Bucks and a very much a shadow performer in the form of John Moxley. So I think, as you know, as Ross described Biggie as the juggernaut earlier, and if that role continues forward, Matt Smith is going to walk away from the listeners' league this season as the eventual winner. So back to you, Scott. A few things about this listeners' league here, this top five especially. With us all, Mr. Cotty, you know, Craig's an ass. Who are you to cause judgment on Craig? You're in the listeners, like you, you're in no position to judge anyone. Uh, Dan Wood aiming for last place, so you're trying to lose this draft, and you can't even do that right. Uh, and thinking Matt Smith, Booty Woes, uh, woe is me having to listen to you about uh, your, your team every weekend. Well, everybody knows that David Tennant was a better Doctor Who. Uh, also, Tom Brock, Kane Sickness, you are home. You're not from here. You have your own customs. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, the man who should be winning this league is just outside, outside looking in on the top five of the all of the Listeners League is Carl Pierce with his team, the Bromance. But things could change for him. He's got, you know, Orky Bro and Becky Lynch on his team. So go on yourself, Carl. But, you know, Ross, we've talked a lot about your team. Uh, we've talked about the Listeners League. We can't finish on the Listeners League because... Well, we want people to enjoy their Saturday. Yes, I agree. I, I, I took the bin out during that segment. It was the most enjoyable thing about it. <laughs> uh, oh, we're so, so horrible think... to the listeners here. Uh, you know, now, listen, listen, look. We've saw the... Has anyone come from the Listeners League to win it? Like, Has anyone come from the Listeners League and won? You know, they could do it next season, but they haven't done it yet. So... Much like my opponent for first place, my joint first place, my 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 dear dear respectable competitor David Campbell, I agree that much like David Campbell's personality, this listeners' league is just subhuman scum. Sorry, I just choked on the fact that I had to say David Campbell's name more than once. <laughs> and you know, 
this this fantasy league of you can pick whoever you want, you know, it doesn't work when you come into the big boy league. It's like going for the championship to the premiership. You know, has has anyone in their first season just came up and got in, you know? And you can say, oh, well, it might get a couple of seasons. No, no, you get one season and then you're out back to the kiddie league where you belong. Because you show <laughs> you don't belong with the big boys. Um, anyway, yes, uh, <laughs> you said we couldn't end on the listeners league. Well, I had something I was going to say. Uh, but I want to announce a captaincy change, as you should have made a few weeks ago. After Buddy Miro lost the, uh, the EWU TNT Championship. Anyway, which can't really make sure to rub my face every single week as it passes by. Again, talk about cretins. Uh, and I think looking at who's the who's also like a consistent player after Miro because he's disappeared since he lost that title. Uh, even though I have a feeling he'll give that card, he'll that got leaked, he'll be on full gear. Whether or not he'll win is 50-50, but you know, Morrody not winning the season, so maybe I'll get some point extra points out of it. I'm switching my currency from Miro to John Moxley because I definitely think he's going to get to the final. Of the Olympic tournament, he's still got his semi-final to come. So with the captaincy on, there's a few extra points. Mm-hmm. Will he win at full gear? Probably not. But you know, you know, stranger things have happened this season. So there you go. My captaincy went it went from Miro to John Moxley, and I can't wait for John Moxley to get put out of the semi-final just because <laughs> day, because the universe fucking hates me. Now listen, no, no, I, 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 I'm very much rooting for you, Scott, because you're going up against David Campbell's Orange Cassidy. So, you winning is a great help to me. A great help indeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I can actually see a Brian Moxley final at uh, full gear. So, I think switching to Moxley is probably a wise decision. And as you said, as we've said on previous shows, Moxley's been a bit of a shadow performer as of late. You know, he's been racking up wins, uh, you know, against like Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer, etc. So, it's he's definitely one to... Uh, put a captaincy on and just maximise all the points given how often he's featured mm-hmm. So if you've gotten everything you need to say about David Campbell at your system are we okay to wrap this up for the week Well, well I, I was going to actually say thank you to you guys um, for giving me this this unbiased platform to come on and yell for uh, 40 minutes um, because like I said, I don't mind David Campbell's a competitor and I don't mind him getting competitive because it makes it all the more funnier like when I go on his own show and beat him at pitch battles, Mr. Film, Mr. TV, Mr. Oh, I work in Grand Designs. Well, you know what? There's only one McLeod. It's Ross McLeod. So Kevin McLeod can go fuck himself. And more importantly, <laughs> the biasness of just... Just... Dial, you know... He consistently turns around and says to me, oh, well, you know, uh, Ross jokes and Ross has never won the league and Ross Ross hasn't done this and Ross hasn't done that. Yeah, I haven't. I, I haven't won the league. I haven't, you know, we talked about it just there. I haven't ever had that juggernaut competitor. You know, I've always either had a consistent team that gets me a couple of points and gets me mid-table or I have one really good guy and four really shit people. Um, so, yeah, I haven't. But then to turn around and consistently bum up Gary Kernahan. Now, I don't mind Gary Kernahan, and I don't mind what him and David Campbell do behind closed doors, but keep it off the <laughs> airways and keep it and keep it, you know, unbiased or Gary the greatest player to never to never have won the draft, the greatest player to never have won the draft. Well, hold on a minute. 
Gary, other than if Ryan Gallagher, another person he's biased towards, by the way, hadn't had the end of share season, yes, it lives in infamy, <laughs> then Gary would have probably had the worst season in this draft. His WrestleMania, his Royal Rumble 2020 to WrestleMania 2020 season, it's not absolute bust. I think he was the first player ever to get no points on a player with Rusev. Yeah, he, he consistently peddles this this rhetoric of, oh, Gary's a great performer, he's just never won it, and, oh, Ross is a choke artist. Well, I'm sorry, but in a grand total, me and Gary have combined zero titles. So it's either we're both choke artists or we're both just unlucky. You can't have it both ways. And then, again, Stacey Smith, someone again, I don't mind. I quite like Stacey Smith. This this rhetoric of, oh, well, we should be including these shows so Stacey gets points. But then when I actually have someone appear in three different segments, he tries to say, oh, well, that shouldn't count. I mean, really, it's two different segments. Uh, really, it's one different segment. Well, actually, no, it's not. It's two different segments because Biggie appeared backstage during the match on TV and then he made his presence known after the match. Two very separate segments, two very different places. And then Ryan Gallagher, I mean, you know, a last minute fill in, I mean, I mean, that says it all. You know what I mean? A last minute fill in two weeks ago talking about oh well I mean I mean it really should be points for Ross, but I didn't get them, so so F you. No, no, Ryan, it doesn't work that way. It should it's either yes or no. It's not based on who your pals were. And then Ryan Gallagher trying to tell people it happened to me. Well, could you give us an example of what happened? Well, I can't remember if it did happen to me. He's essentially like Harry and Linda playing Countdown. Ryan has used Remimbi, but can he tell me the meaning of the word? So I'm sorry, Ryan. I don't care if it's Chinese money. I don't care if I'm only getting three points for using the word bin, but you're not getting the points, all right? And I should be getting the points. And when Stephen Wilson finishes getting dragged around on his leash around fucking, around home base or B&Q or whatever bargain basement Uddingston toilet store he's in right now, I'll be demanding a points breakdown of this week because you know what I don't mind losing it fair and square I don't mind if I have an absolute shanner of a season and you go what were you thinking picking Baron Corbin well I know uh, dafty dafty me what a dafty yeah but don't make it out as if oh well, well you've always been rubbish you've always been rubbish but then when I'm finishing in the same positions as Gary Kernan Gary, what a guy, what a guy. And again, this isn't this isn't a, a go at Ryan. This isn't a go, well, it was a bit of a go at Ryan. This isn't a go at Gary. This isn't a go at Stacey. This isn't a go at people's abilities and competitors. It's about the biased nature of this show and why I refused to come on two weeks ago. So I'd like to thank you too. I'd like to thank Jack for always being, you know, unbiased. And I'd like to formally wish David Campbell an invitation to pucker up and kiss my ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I mean, uh, what a way to finish, eh? Yeah, well, and, and I know. Thank you very much, Ross, for for coming on and uh, take, let us know how you really feel. Uh, oh, it's been a pleasure. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, Scout Day. Thank you. Thank you very much to our uh, very own. Receptacle for refuge here on SDL, uh, David Hockney. <laughs> for closing the episode with me. Oh, uh, Jesus. I, I've been Scott McLeod, Great Showdown champion, uh, just reminding you, because that felt like so long ago. Uh, 
Ross McLeod, a ten, former Queen champion, potentially the draft champion and ESR champion by the end of the season. And David Tottenham is also here. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.